May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm D.C. Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, doing our bit to preserve the legacy of Shunju Suzuki and those whose paths cross his. And anything else that comes to mind, I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. Now, today we have a guest, Lynn Lackey, uh, who some would remember as Lynn Warkoff. She and her husband at the time, Saul Warkoff, came to Zen Center in 1960 through the encouragement of Philip Wilson. Uh, she met at the uh, San Francisco Art Institute, one of the many early students that came from the San Francisco Art Institute. God, it seems like most of them, uh, so many. Lynn, uh, well, you know, one thing she's going to talk about is uh, coming to Tassar in 70 and 71 with kids. And uh, we'll mention the kids' ordination and the, uh, the little school there was then. Uh, that was wonderful. Um, she, uh, you know, after Suzuki died, uh, she went off uh, with, uh, she and Saul broke up, and she went up to, Minneapolis, and she and another uh, early Zen student, Karen Tolkinson, uh, founded the Minneapolis uh, Zen Meditation Center, or whatever name they gave it then. And later they invited uh, Dining Katagiri to come up and be the teacher. Uh, she became a psychoanalyst, and oh, she's done a lot of things. You'll hear about it. I think the last thing she was doing, she was in, uh, oh, she is in, I think, Sarasota, uh, Sarasota, Florida, you'll hear, uh, and uh, teaching at the new school there, uh, which had a, has had a recent sad demise. Uh, we'll see if it can ever recover from uh, the uh, politics uh, there. Anyway, uh, very pleased to be in touch with Lynn. And, 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 you know, through her, I got back in touch with Tony Johansson, T-O-N-I Johansson, as, uh, to be distinguished from her husband, T-O-N-Y Johansson. Anyway, uh, she's Tony McCarty now, and uh, I hadn't been in touch with her, oh, God, a long time, you know, 15 years or something. And uh, so... Uh, now I've done a podcast with her, so thanks for, for that, Lynn. Uh, and uh, so, all right. So uh, just as soon as we've had our pause to meditate, we'll give Lynn Lucky a call. So when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, 
hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause. And we'll be here to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever. And we'll give Lynn Lucky a call. Hello. Hi, Lynn. How are you doing? Hi, David. Good. <laughs> well. Across the, across the distance and across time. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hmm, indeed. Um, wow. I don't know when the last time I saw you was. Uh, yeah, it's hard to say. Could have been Tassahara back in like 1970 or something. Um, uh, yeah, could have been. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. I was there for two summers with my children. Right. Right. Yeah. You were so there 70 and 71, maybe? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I was there both yeah, summers. Moved. Yeah. Yeah, I moved to Minneapolis in 69 and then came back um, for a couple of summers, yeah. Hmm. Yep. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, so you're in Sarasota. Right. I just uh, have been here since 2016. Hmm. And, and uh, what, what are you doing there? Well, I'm retired. Um, I've been teaching... Um, uh, mindfulness at New College. I don't know if you've heard about New College. Well, I've heard it's about this, various New Colleges. Uh, and well, this is the um, Honors College in Sarasota that was started by a, a number of the one, a partic- in particular, one of the wealthy postmodern architects in about 1959. Who? And it was modeled after uh, sort of Oxford. And uh, it's a very small school. It's on the bay. Um, uh, um, uh, Pay uh, uh, designed one of the one of the buildings. A number of the other buildings on the bay were um, mansions of the Ringling uh, family. Hmm. So it's right next. It's right next to the Ringling and um, enclave and museum and all of that. It's it's on a beautiful spot, and it's been kind of a. Uh, it's supposed to be one of the most, the cheapest and most highly rated small colleges in the United States. But our governor now has decided to make it a fundamentalist Christian college, and so he's taken it over and uh, kind of decimated the, a lot of uh, LGBTQ, trans, very bright kids. Very bright kids. So I was been teaching mindfulness there and meditation and how to look at your thoughts and emotions and all, you know creativity and and um, uh, and mindfulness. So a whole a whole um, variety of things. Um, but I think probably my last teaching was this spring because I probably 
I doubt that I'll teach there again. So I've been doing that since about 2017 when I moved here. Mm, that's great. Uh, one of the, yeah, it's been wonderful. One of the professors who uh, was in Bhutan for years and teaches uh, Far Eastern Studies contacted me. And so he and I have kind of set this up. And it's been great. I teach outside, right by the bay, and I teach walking meditation and sitting, and, you know, it's just been lovely. To to what age? Um, They're, like, anywhere from 18 to 25. Occasionally, there'll be a few older, like, 30 or 40 years, who olds, but mostly, like, 18 to 25 years old. Now, is it a state school? It has been. Yeah, it is a state school, so it's very inexpensive. It was private, but they uh, gave it to the state, and the state's been running it as the Honors College for years. Mm. I think there are only three schools like this in the United States, Hampshire College, Evergreen out in Washington, and New College, and they don't give grades. You just write a thesis at the end. Um, you design your own curriculum. It's a very interesting school. It has been, but it's um, our governor, who's very weird, has decided to um, de-wokeize it. <laughs> uh, right, doing. right. Yeah, he, yeah he's yeah. Uh, well known for that. Um, yes, he's, uh, yes. Uh, I, I just saw a sign that said, live your life so that if it were a book, it would be banned in Florida. Exactly. You've got, you have the picture of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Flo- <laughs> wow. I know. Uh, I know. John, John and I look at each other and think maybe we'll just move to Canada. <laughs> uh, both of my, both of my children have Canadian citizenship. So <laughs> now why is that? Well, Saul was a Canadian and oh. um, we lived in, we moved to Canada. We, we started Zen Center right after Roshi came. Then we went to Canada ostensibly uh, for him to work in his family business. And my daughter was born there. My son was born in San Francisco. My daughter was born in Canada. And then we came back and came back to, to Zen Center. And, and uh, he went back and got his master's at the San Francisco Art Institute. So, hmm. so they, yeah, so... They both have Canadian citizenship, dual citizenship. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, America yeah. allows dual citizenship. Well, Canada does. I don't know if America yeah, does. I'm, does it? What I'm wondering about, I think, I think America does. Uh, Indonesia, well, you know, where I live, uh, doesn't. And it's a problem huh. for, there's all these Australian, Indonesian people, uh, I and, bet, and others. Uh, surely, uh, Holland, uh, you know, Indonesia, uh, right? Um, right. But with you know, kids, you know, mixed kids, and uh, people oh, that yeah. fly back and forth, and and and, but a lot of them get around it. You know, uh, one woman I know who's uh, just, uh, but they, they just. Um, uh, they just just made her turn her Indonesian pa- her, her her Indonesian uh, passport in until she canceled her Australian uh, uh, citizenship. Yeah. So yeah, that's a problem, and it's unnecessary. 
It really is. My son lives in Baja, Mexico now. Ah. And uh and you know, and he's uh he just got his um um he's surfing, doing his art photography, surfing and selling prop- properties. So I'm not sure if Mexico allows both, but you know, he's he's got a work permit and that's what yeah. he's doing. Where in Baja? About uh-huh. uh, Todos Santos. Yeah. It's right up from yeah, it's sort of an art colony. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my wife, Katrinka, and I spent uh, a month there. Oh, God. How long ago? Uh, 20 years ago. No, not 20. That's how long we've been together. Probably tw- uh, 18 years ago, 17 years ago. Oh, we loved it. It was great. Yeah, he, he really likes it. Yeah. They... We have a friend who lives there and they have an uptick in, uh, in, um, people breaking into homes and uh, Uh, taking things, which, which wasn't, they had a pretty low crime rate. Uh, Baja is, is really different from the rest of Mexico, but, um, Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens there. Um, you, oh, you said, you said the school, the new school, uh, was near the Ringling Mansion. That's Ringling Brothers Circus people, right? Aha. Yeah, and they're yeah, yeah, and they have a a um. He had his mansion that his wife built on the grounds that was supposed to look like a Venetian palazzo. They used to have a a um a, one of those boats out in front, mm. and 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 there's a series of mansions all along the bay that his family members lived in. And so the new college has um, two of the mansions that are part of the school. I'm sort of picturing so. beautiful, very old buildings. Oh, very old buildings. It's beautiful, you know, old oak trees with moss. And it's just, it's just an incredibly beautiful place. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So it was lovely teaching outside by the bay. And, you know, it's just great. Wow. wow. I, I really enjoyed it, but, and I've been teaching at Sarasota Mindfulness, and then I teach at the, where I live, and I was teaching at the Unitarian Church some, but I'm kind of, you know, I don't know. I've been trying to do my painting and my writing, and. Well, that is know. great. That is so yeah. great. Is, yeah, uh-huh. it's wonderful. Um, now, uh, you said your current husband, uh, mm-hmm. something like he, well, he, he was is, at your birth yeah. or he knew but you. Yeah, he, he's, he's two years older and he, um, uh, my, when <laughs> my parents got, when my parents got married, my grandmother gave them a car and a house. Those uh-huh. were the days. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they got married in 1938. I was born in 1939. And so John's father was building this small subdivision. And they, so he built their first house. And I think my father's brother and John's father were, were, had gone to school together. Springfield, Illinois was a small town at that time. And so they, so we lived across the street. And my mother would drive us to nursery school together. And my parents, our parents always stayed friends and visited each other, but John and I hadn't seen each other in 60 years. So, you know, so we just reconnected and it's been nice. Now, how, uh, 
you, you but but you said something like he was at your birth or, or well he saw me when i was brought home from the hospital <laughs> oh i see i see i couldn't yeah. remember quite what you said yeah and yeah. i just wondered wow uh, oh, I, I wanted no. to know more you know <laughs> right. uh, i see i see springfield yeah. illinois um yes well um what you know um you ended up over at uh, Zen Center very early on, uh, and uh, what what I what took it, you there? What what did you? Well, what was your? I knew Phil. Upbringing I knew Phil like? Wilson. Oh, you knew. I knew Phil Wilson. I had met. Yeah, I knew Phil, and he occasionally would crash in our loft uh, that my husband Saul and I had, um, and I met Phil pretty much right after I moved to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And um, he, one night, Phil said to us, he said, I was in really, in really bad shape, and I called all of the churches in town, and 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 the impression I got is uh, none of them were able to see him, or, and he called the the Zen temple, and Suzuki answered, and Suzuki said, please come. Uh-huh. So he so he told us that story, and he said, I went and I met him, and he said, you've got to go meet him. So we went with Phil, and that's kind of how it started. And I had already, of course, like people in my generation, I had read Siddhartha, uh-huh. um, and I had always been kind of a seeker. Mm-hmm. I'd gone to the Unitarian Church when I was in high school by myself, and I've been to you name the church, and I've been to every church and whatever. I come from an Episcopalian family, mm-hmm. as both John and I do. But anyway, so I had I'd been investigating for years, and um, I thought, well, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I don't want to go somewhere where someone tells me what to do. I want to be able to use my body and find out for myself. Ooh. So, um, well so said. that's why I, yeah, so I started at the Zen Center and. There were there were maybe six, ten people when we started. That's nineteen sixty one, right? Yeah. Well, when did Suzuki come? Fifty nine. It was sixty then. Sixty. I went. To, yeah, I had. Go, I went to San Francisco. Probably it would have been. By about fifty eight or fifty nine. Mm-hmm. So it was nineteen sixty because I I was sitting while I was pregnant, I know. So ah. yeah. now you say you went there in fifty eight or fifty nine. Did you go with Saul? No, I just went by by myself to San Francisco to go to to art school. Finish. I had already done three years at the Chicago Art Institute and I really liked the style of painting in California, so I transferred to the San Francisco Art Institute. So I met Saul there and uh, and and Phil Wilson was always around there. That must be where I met Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh uh, you're yeah, one of North the Beach. you're uh one of the many early Suzuki Roshi students that came from the Art Institute. Many. Right, yeah. Many, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I've got a list. I've, actually, I don't have you on the list. I just made a note. 
Uh, I've got a page for the San Francisco Art Institute on Q.com. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, if you, uh, maybe if you, if you look at it, you might add some people, but God, there's a lot. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I'll, I'll try to remember to send you a link to it. Um, okay. and, uh, uh, so you, did you meet Saul in San Francisco? Yeah. Yeah. We met probably it would have been at the art school. Yeah. Oh, he was That's there too. Yeah. He was there. He, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's where we met. Yeah. Um, and, um, so, uh, yeah, well, tell me more. <laughs> okay. Well, um, started sitting, um, and I think we sat, uh, I, you know, I think we went every evening and I used to, um, serve tea for his lex for Roshi's lectures. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I would go and get the tea and the tea and serve tea for his lectures. And, um, I remember one, you know, the summer of love came. I can't remember. When was it the summer of summer love? Summer of love was 67. Yeah. That was probably before then. Well, 66 was actually better. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah, 66 so it, and it 67 in, were the yeah. high points. Yeah, it was some, it was sort of at the beginning. It was at the beginning when a lot of people started coming to Zen Center and started coming to San Francisco and, and, um, there were the rock bands were kind of starting. That's 66. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that was it. And I remember serving tea once and, um, during a lecture and, um, the, uh, it used to be there was not that many people there and all at once there started to be lots of people at the lectures Mm -hmm. and I remember being at this one and one of the, I don't know who it was, somebody um, took his teacup and threw it on the floor and smashed it. You know, I think (laughs) thinking it was a Zen moment. That's right. That's right. (laughs) You can imagine that. And Suzuki, that was silent and Suzuki, I think I almost heard a small sigh, but you know, not much of one. He stood up. He walked into the kitchen. You could hear him getting something. He came back with a dustpan and a broom. He swept up all the pieces very carefully, didn't say a word, walked back. You could hear the pieces being put into the trash. You could hear the sound of them all going in there. You could almost hear the broom being put away in the dustpan. He walked back, sat down, and continued his talk. That is great. It was wonderful. <laughs> that is great. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but the, the person who did that, what, they were maybe a, a newcomer, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah, they were new. That's when all at once there would be people I'd never seen before, you know, would be at the lectures. Yeah. And people had started coming, yeah. That's when yeah. I came. Yeah. Okay, you're one of those. <laughs> yeah, uh, we came and ruined it all for you. Uh, <laughs> I forgot who came with who came with um, with um, oh god, why am I blocking on his name? Came from Harvard. Oh, well, there were a lot of them from Harvard. Uh, yeah, 
uh, Tim Buckley, uh, John Steiner. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. There's someone from the South. I forgot his well, name. Well, JJ was from his... the South. <laughs> she didn't go to Harvard. Let's see. Someone from the South. Okay. Well, yeah, JJ. Yeah, he was from the South and he was a friend of Silas. He and Silas had been running. Oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah. Uh, he's from uh, 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 Mississippi. Laurel, Mississippi. His name is. Uh, oh, God, it just flashed. Uh, I know it. Uh, but anyway, wait, I actually. I've got to yeah. find it. I can find it. Uh, uh, all right, wait a minute. It's Chick, Chick Reader. Yes, Chick Reader. Well, let me tell you about this. This is fascinating. I'm in I'm in Chattanooga, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? There's definitely no Buddhists here. Chattanooga is a buckle on the Bible Belt. My then husband was a psychologist. After I divorced uh, Saul, I married my husband was a psychologist. He was from Atlanta, Georgia. So we left left Minneapolis. My children had gone on their own, moved down. I'm I, I'm in. Chattanooga, Tennessee, and um, I thought, well, I'll go back to the Episcopal Church and see what's happening. And and uh, a friend of mine who's an Episcopal priest, a woman, had started Centering Prayer, which the I don't know if you know that the, the Cistercians started sitting with the Zen monks in Massachusetts and Zen group up there mm-hmm. and sort of started their own kind of Christian version. So they they sit in silence, sit, walk, sit in silence, do all of that. Anyway, so they'd started that at the Episcopal Church. I started sitting with them, and I got to know a number of the priests and whatever. So I'm at this big, big party at this um, um, garden party, and someone and someone and I happened to talk some about Zen and being at Zen Center. And one of the priests came over. She said, "You were at Zen Center." He said, my best friend from Laurel, Mississippi was there. It was Chick. So he brings Chick Reader up to Chattanooga, and Chick and I had this time together. (laughs) Wow. Wow. And then my my friend who was a priest actually died, and Chick was at the funeral, so I saw Chick at the funeral. He wasn't in very good health then. But it's so so interesting how your What year was that? That would have been about mm, 20, let's see, 2008, maybe. Oh. Something like 2009. I don't know. Mm. A chick was not in good health, I know. Uh, do you, what sort of not in good health? Uh, do you, uh, well, he, he, hard hard to get around. His brain was still great, great shape, but he uh, was sort of hard getting around. Um, I know he he brought his do- dogs with him. They were always there. Um, his, his dogs? Wife had horses. <laughs> yeah, he had dogs. He had. A, he married a southern woman who had horses. And, you know, Chick had lots of money. Oh, yeah. He came from, oh, yeah, wealthy family. So he was, uh, yeah. His family anyway, His so. family started Laurel, Mississippi. Uh, it was, yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, a logging town. I mean, that's yeah. the way I understood it. I've stayed with yeah, him there. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, well, he, he was a serious. If you've been to Mississippi, go on. Yeah, if you've been to Mississippi, you know there's not much to it. 
Uh, I mean, it's a pretty empty state except for all the disenfranchised blacks that live there. Well, there's more to Mississippi than that. Uh, yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, uh, if you haven't been through it lately, there's not much. Uh, I, I just, I just went through it a year ago. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've had experiences there. I would, I, um, <laughs> indeed <laughs> in the sixties, in 1964, I was there. Uh, yeah. And, uh, anyway, uh, Chick was a, uh, very good golfer. And when I stayed oh, with yeah. him, he, he took me, I, I'm, I'm not actually, I grew up around a golf country club, but I played tennis. Uh, so we had that in common. <laughs> But, um, he just took me out and, uh, I just walked with him while he played, uh, like nine holes of golf, but he had me hit mm-hmm. a ball too. And it was fun. And I remember his wife said, she, she said, well, I don't really know what Chick does. You know, he plays <laughs> golf and he has an office and he goes there, but for all I know, he's a gangster. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, uh, so, uh, so anyway, yeah. You, so anyway, I moved to, I did, I moved to Minneapolis. Uh, no, wait, 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 start. wait. What, oh, what yeah. year did you move to Minneapolis? I think we moved in 1969. John, uh, my, Saul was offered a job teaching at the University of Minnesota. Uh-huh. And um so I think it was about 1969 so we moved there and then we lived uh communally with a group of people who were interested in zen and meditation and then we started the Zen uh Minneapolis Zen Meditation Center. You know at that point I felt that this was my it's kind of like my gratitude to Roshi that I would do this thing. So, um, you started it in what year? It would have been 1970, 71 that we started with Connie, with Connie Gary Roji. We brought, uh, uh, Karen Thorkelson and I, she was living in the commune. She and her husband, Jeffrey, um, and Karen and I flew to, um, uh, San Francisco, it was the last time I saw Roshi. So when Roshi died, when? And December 4th, 1971. Yeah. So I saw him the right bef- the year before he knew he had cancer. Oh, he didn't so, know he had cancer until a few months before he died. That's it. So I, I, I went to a sashin. Karen and I went to a sashin. And I had an interview with Roshi. Um, so, and then I think he died the next year. Mm. Um, because in my interview with him, he, um, told me that he was taking six students and, um, I guess to Japan. And I asked him if I could be one and he told me that I could. That's very interesting. He never did that. Um, uh- You know, he had a lot of plans and things he wanted to do. Uh, he actually, he did have cancer at his gallbladder operation in the spring of 71. Turned out to be cancerous, but they thought they got it all. But those, 
older Japanese, they hear the word cancer, that's it, death sentence, end of your life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I ran into that when I lived in Japan 30, over 30 years ago. And I think, well, I know lots of people who've had cancer and lived, but. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, well, so you, you were there just visiting in that sounds like 70. Well, we had just, yeah, we had decided to go to the session and we decided to go down. Category was living, um, in, um, on, uh, not at, on the way to Tassajara, he was living in, was that? What, Monterey. I'm trying to, Monterey. He was living in Monterey in a small house. And, um, and we, that's when we asked him about coming to Minneapolis. Yeah, that was that 71. Provide, that was 71. Yeah, that we would provide a place for his, um, family and what we were doing and et cetera. So we, that's when we offered, tendered the offer to him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's, that's really something. Wow. Yeah. Um, the, and, do you remember anything about those, um, uh, those two summers you were there at Tassara 70, oh, yeah. 71? Yeah. 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 I do. I mean, I, um, uh, the, the, the thing that I tell a lot of people, and the thing that I feel rather sad about is for me, I, I consider myself a secular Dharma person now. Yeah. What, what really, uh, as a woman, as a woman with children, um, and actually I, you know, when I was a student at Sun Center, I had children and actually my children were part of the Sunday school with Mrs. Uh, Suzuki. Uh-huh. So and and I had my children with me at Tassajara those two summers, and for me the sad thing is that um, it got monasticized. Mm-hmm. And um, so the things that I remember that were lovely about the summer were things that really have also to do with my children. And one of them is my daughter. Then was she must have been about four or five, and she. Um, she was fascinated with the idea of baking bread, and so she asked, and I forget his name, whoever the head baker, could she bake bread? And he said, well, you have to get up really early in the morning, and it's like, you're, this, you're not going to be able to do this. But she got up every morning at the, the time and went down and helped with the bread baking. Yeah. This little critter. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and that she, and at what age? And when she, at what age? It was about five. It must have been Ooh, about five, yeah. That's she, really yeah, unusual. My daughter is kind of a, yeah, and she would pass Roshi, and every when she'd pass him, she would shake her finger at him. And he would laugh. Oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> uh, that's great. She had her own, her own way, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I remember that, and I remember how, oh, God, I can't remember who the, the, the kitchen Nazi was that kept uh, uh, wanting the kids not to kill flies. There were lots of flies over everything. And, who, who and not son, wanting them to kill I call, flies? I call them, the, I, oh, you weren't supposed to kill flies. They're not supposed to kill anything. No, so no, no, that was not a rule there. That's somebody's trip. 
Uh, that, as I said, there was somebody. Uh, uh, well, uh, in, in seventy, maybe you know who he is. He's the he's the one who had the who had the gun at um, at at um, at the Zen Center. Well, Reb Anderson was gun. never head of the kitchen. It was, yeah, no, but Reb Anderson is the one who started on the kids about this. So my son did this beautiful drawing of a fishing line going down into water and a fish, and he wrote Zen across it. <laughs> huh. Huh. Uh, so children were real, the children were really on to it. They kind of knew. You wow. know, they had their own way. So anyway, um, I sat on Gario. I sat with everybody. I, you know, the, we took care of the children. Um, some of the people didn't take care of their children. Um, we did. We tried to take care of all of them. Um, so it was kind of lovely. And I don't know what it was like for the other students to have children there, but I thought it was great. It was great. Was real, it was great. It this was terrific. The, no, it, I don't remember any problem at all. I no, was running. They were good. In 70, I was running the dining room. 71, I was yeah. assistant director. Uh, it was great having the kids there and you and the Johansons and right, uh, Diane yeah. DePrima and, uh, and her kids. Minnie. Uh, yeah, Minnie. Yeah. Minnie and Jeannie and, yeah. uh, Alec. Uh, I think that's all there. Oh, 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 you know, Minnie. Monica. Monica and her. Yeah. Well, I don't remember Monica. Oh, Ma- Monica. Uh, yeah, Lindy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, um, Petchy's, the Petchy kids were there. Oh, right. And uh, right. with, with we, uh, Pauline. Minnie was a wise old soul. Uh-huh. I can remember seeing Minnie in San Francisco with the baby carriage full of laundry going down to do the laundry by herself. Well, that's what Jeannie did. Are you sure you're not uh, mixing up Jeannie and Minnie? Jeannie was the oldest. Well, maybe. Maybe it was Jeannie. Jeannie did yeah. the laundry. Uh, yeah, it could be Jeannie, and, and, yeah. Uh, and uh, Jeannie was, Jeannie entered in sh- to sort of the adult uh, mm-hmm. society somewhat child. socially there right. and in the city, uh, uh, which uh, she was extremely precocious. Uh, and she was oh, yeah. really good. She worked with me in the dining room. She was really good. Oh, yeah. Suzuki Roshi urged her not to grow up too quick. He could see she was yeah. going to get in trouble, and she did. Uh, did she, huh? That's but she got over. Hopefully she's, she. She's, she's, um, she, she's actually doing uh, something for Duke Archives now, uh, and she and I are in touch a lot. Uh, oh, good. What what is she doing now? Well, she's um, um, I've I've started uh, transcribing, uh, oh, uh, a podcast with artificial intelligence. Uh, oh, good. So I have like four hours with her. Uh, okay. She and I have a lot of history, and uh, oh, good. Uh, and um, she's getting hers together and and looking at. The possibility of maybe doing it with others, but um, mm-hmm. that's complicated. Yeah, because, I've been go on. Yeah, I've been trans. I've been transcribing using Otter AI. I've been transcribing uh, 
Uh, I'm studying now with Stephen Batchelor and John Peacock. Oh, wow. wow. Out of Bodie College, yeah. So I've been doing trans- transcribing some of their talks. and yeah. What are you There's using? A, a, Otter AI. Uh, is that Otter, O-T-T-E-R? Otter. Mm-hmm, .ai, yeah. Uh-huh, and you like it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really useful. Uh, you know, you have to... You have to know poly because they, you know, there's strange words and you have to know, well, that's a poly word. So I have to change it to the right word and, you know, but otherwise it's pretty good. Does it have a dictionary where it learns? No, I don't know about that. Well, that stuff is, um, yeah. see, I've, I've, I've been looking into that. That stuff is, is sort of developing now. Oh, right. So, uh, I would imagine. The the problem is the cost of uh, AI is extremely high for them. They're actually losing money, uh, a lot of them. Uh, Interesting. Uh, the, the 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 well the chatbot. It's I think it's losing money, but they're doing it on purpose, like Amazon did, because they right, know because it'll get cheaper. Right, because they're using you to learn. Yeah, they're it, using using us to learn. Right, and and the. Uh, it's so expensive. I mean, it takes so much energy. It's listen. It takes right, enormous. that's the other part. It's not. It's not good for the environment, really, in many ways. Probably <laughs> not, because the really good, the very top level stuff, nobody's using, including uh, Google and Microsoft, because it's just too mm-hmm. too much energy. Uh, but right, uh, that you know, that's the sort of thing that will change in time. Yeah. Yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. But that's really interesting to talk to you now after all these years and you and I are both using artificial intelligence yeah. to try to right. transcribe. <laughs> transcribe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. Um, well, uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Did we, did we miss any kids? That was really good. Thanks for, uh, listing all of them. That yeah, was the great. only, I, you know, I was, I, I, um, um, the only child that I couldn't, I just, Tony and I, Tony Johansson and I talk maybe once a month and I just. Which I one? Was, They're both yeah. Tony. No, Tony's dead. Male Tony died. Are you in touch so with female. female Tony now? Yeah. Yeah. She and I talk. Oh yeah. my gosh. I've been out of touch yeah. with her forever. Yeah. She and I talk, um. Um, well, we go, Tony and I go way back, you know. Yeah, wow. male Tony died and he's, he's kind of a, he, he didn't leave a good odor in his family, I'll tell you. Um, so, but female Tony and I, yeah, we've always been friends. So she, I, I just talked last, this week, we just talked. So the only person that we couldn't identify was the little blonde boy in the middle. And I, don't know who that was. I don't know why. Oh, uh, maybe a, a Bob Walton's kids. That could have been it. Bob yeah, and uh, uh, Bob and and uh, Ro- uh, Audrey. That Bob could and be. Audrey. Yeah. Every all the others, I knew who they were. Yeah, but that's the one. That's yeah. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm, well, my daughter, my daughter continues on. She's in Minneapolis and she sits with Common Ground. Ah. Oh. And she, 
And when she was in Los Angeles, she was sitting with, oh, and he wanted her to be a teacher, too, but he's in disfavor now. Um, oh, God. Where? Where? In Los Angeles. My daughter lived there for years. He wanted to be a teacher? He's in he wanted her to. He wanted her to teach with him. He his parents were uh, involved in Buddhism and early and yeah uh, lived commune with with whom? What teacher? I oh probably it might have been down. Um, I don't know his his father is the fame. I think his father's dead now. He's the famous. Uh, he and his wife uh, do all the illness and death things and they've written books and oh god what's his name <laughs> and and the son has now I, I guess he maybe had some affair with a student or something so he's fallen out of favor but uh dharma yeah bone. well that's an old story <laughs> yeah dharma bone. yeah well anyway she sat with them for a while but she's in minneapolis now and she'll sit with um, common ground i think Mm-hmm. Up there, so there's a lot of people um, to sit with around there. I mean, the oh yeah, Minneapolis Zen Center is still going. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I go back occasionally, but I haven't been back to visit there. So, mm. Mm. I mean, I've really moved into the um, Theravada Vipassana, but secular Buddhism. I've kind of moved on, and um, into that's sort of my main, yeah. Right, but involved with. Uh-huh. Uh, what do you mean by secular Buddhism? Um, Buddhism without the uh, past lives, without the um, any of the um, bells and whistles, no past lives, uh, not valorizing teachers. Um, yeah, and with actually a bachelor and Peacock do a lot of uh, um, using a lot of um, philosophy, philosophers, and um, go back to the Greeks, to Aristotle and Epictetus and uh-huh. the Stoics. So they're doing a lot of kind of bringing things in. So, Well, um, to me, uh, Suzuki Roshi uh, fundamentally was secular, you know. It, mm-hmm. it, but he had... Yeah. He, he had he had uh he had that but he 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 you know he came up through a, a system that had tons of ceremonies and right. uh, uh, you know the the sutras a lot of the writings are just fast phantasmagorical and all that right. but um you know um he would say well, things well i always I, yeah i always thought that once dick Dick uh, came back that um, Dick wanted more of the bells and we in the Episcopal Church we call it bells and smells. That <laughs> uh, that Dick wanted more of that because Dick was obviously on a power trip. I mean, I, I used to live in the same building with Dick and take care of his child, so I know Dick. I know Dick. In and, the same um, building? Yeah. What building? Yeah, we lived. We lived on. Um, uh, in a tri- triplex together. They lived on the top floor. We lived on the bottom floor. And, um, in San Francisco. Nicholas, yeah, and Papa Nicholas lived in the middle. Uh, Who? Zeese and Susie Papa, Papa Nicholas. They were friends of ours. And Susie 
was it was at uh, Tassahara when we were, and two of her children are in the picture. Zeus and uh, yeah, I think Eo, or I forgot what her daughter's name was. Oh goodness! Wow. Uh, so there's yeah. there's some more kids. Um, yeah. Well, uh, so you're you're yeah yeah he's he's um uh I I understand what you mean when you say he was on a power trip. Uh, what? Oh yeah. But but you know you said when he came back from Japan. When he came back from Japan, it became sort of obvious um, that he. Uh, that's when we weren't supposed to call Roshi Sensei. We'd always called him Sensei. We had to call him Roshi. Well, that started in '66, but a lot of the older students said Sensei and Reverend. Reverend. But in '66, mm. Alan Watts wrote a letter to Sin Center and said you really shouldn't use Reverend and you shouldn't use Sensei for him. You should use Roshi. So yeah. everybody started calling him Roshi in 66, yeah, except the older fine, students uh, yeah. uh, who'd been there before. And some of them did, but some of them kept calling him Sensei and some of them kept calling him Reverend or some of them would call him. Uh, Philip would use Reverend and Sensei and Roshi. <laughs> but um but you know Suzuki uh you know he bought into it uh oh, sure and, uh, and he uh, he obviously wanted to um to uh build um Zen Center and into into a um I don't know what would be the right word into a a bigger place or having more more of a foothold, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Well, it happened yeah. around him. I mean, he had, you know, he he would say Zen Center's getting too big. Uh, it's too big. Yeah, he big. told me that, yeah. Yeah, it's too big for him <laughs> to handle. And, um, you know, he, he really needed more. Senior, he, he wanted to give all sorts of senior students transmission and uh, – mm-hmm. Uh, but you know he just died too quick. But when Dick came back from Japan, uh, and after uh, Suzuki uh, had, had, had stepped down and Dick had stepped up to being the abbot, which was like a couple of weeks before Suzuki died, Suzuki said, "You should call him Banker Roshi now." Uh, and so. Uh, mm, and, you know, the fact that uh, Bill Kwong didn't have transmission yet, he was going to give transmission to Silas. He was, he even talked with uh, Claude uh, Ananda about giving transmission to many people, but he couldn't. Oh, yeah. He, he wanted to do it yeah. before he died, but they said, you know, you can't let Dick do it. Well, Dick wanted to. It, it, that wasn't Dick's strong point is, is oh, no. giving authority to others. <laughs> Oh no! Nah. <laughs> well, I kind I say that was the imperial period of uh, yeah. Sin Center, but yeah, he still is one. Yeah, I'm sure but he you is. know, it had a lot of uh, a cousin uh, to the queen. <laughs> but a lot of really good things happened then, and uh, yeah, yeah, and and uh, it was a little more personal under him in some ways. See, it's sort of corporate and institutional. Uh, uh, and, um, uh, he, he did a lot of good things, but, you know, it was, it was, um, uh, 
uh, he's a micromanager, so it was all him, like you say. Yeah. Uh, but, um, I don't know. He kept going. He's still going. He's like 87 now in Colorado and Germany. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, he's mellowed with age. Uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe. Well, so. It tends to happen. What, what was it like living with him in that, in the, uh, I think you were over on Union. No, you were on Pacific. No, you, you weren't that far from the Center. Center. Fillmore? No, it was yeah. really close. Yeah, Fillmore. Fillmore. We right. were on Fillmore. Yeah, across from that big church. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what was that like? Um, oh, he was so always so, I thought he was restrained. In fact, I got so that I didn't want to ride with him to in the morning because he would always start some kind of, uh, uh, kind of negative thing. And I thought, I just don't want to ride with him. So Tony Johansson would pick me up and take me in the mornings. And that sort of upset Dick. Like, why didn't I want to ride with him anymore? And he just was, just very peculiar. And I remember he would come down and he was a vegetarian, of course. So, um, I was cooking turkey for Thanksgiving, which I did always. And he would come down and, and start picking at the meat on the, on my turkey, you know, and I think, what? You know what? He's, he was weird. Uh, you know, just very weird. Uh-huh. So in some sense, we used to um, babysit for each other, and I would do that. Mm. Um, and um, But he was very, both he and his wife are very distant. They weren't, um, I saw the Papa Nicholas's, and we became great friends, and, and we did a lot together. But they sort of kept their own their own thing. I understand so. that. I understand that yeah. they 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 were accused by some of being snobs. Um, they were. Uh, yeah, they were. And, yeah. yeah. Well, she came from a wealthy family in Minnesota, which I know. Having moved to Minnesota, I know exactly. Um, yeah, they were very snobbish. Yeah, they were. Mm. They weren't, weren't warm and weren't. Yeah, there was not much warmth. Uh, you know so. Yeah. Which you've actually got from most people. Most people were pretty warm and pretty friendly. And yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The way. Ah. Well, um. But anyway, so that was that. And, um, you know, I sat every morning and I think or evening Saul sat one and I sat the other. And, uh, I would drive with Tony in the morning. He would pick me up. And then later on, I went with Tony and Roshi over to uh, Berkeley. Los, um, you mean Los Altos? No, Berkeley. He would go over to Ber- drive over to Berkeley to. Um, she'd go to Berkeley, huh? Yeah, to the small. What's his name? Sitting place. Yeah, you and, mean Mel. Um, I did that. Mel yeah. Weitzman. Well, yeah. yeah, Mel Weitzman. We did that a few times. And then when I moved, I moved over to Berkeley so my children could go to school over there. And I had a session with Roshi and I said, you know, I can't come. I won't be able to come very often. And he said to me, he said, I understand totally. He said, you're supposed to go out and live your own life. He said, there are too many people hanging around here. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. He said, yeah, the idea is to live a life. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, Tony, incidentally, uh, uh, she mainly drove him to uh, Los Altos. Yeah, uh, she used to. So she has lots of stories about driving him to Los. But this was male Tony. Male Tony drove him over to Mel oh, off and on. Oh, God. You mean male Tony drove him there? Did Was yeah. it male uh-huh. Tony who picked you up in the mornings? Yes. Yeah. Oh. Well, oh. In fact, In fact, recently Tony asked me, because male Tony had lots of affairs. So on one of our calls with each other, she said, I have to ask you this. I said, go ahead. You can ask me anything. She said, did you have an affair with Tony? And I said, absolutely not. That is not something I would ever do. I always had great ethics. I would not do something like that. Uh, it never, ever, there was never, ever, ever, even a hint of it between us. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh. Yeah, that was not happening. So she said, well, that's a relief. And I said, I can imagine, because she and I have been friends for years. So, yeah. Um, but, well, um, uh, he started the Shire School in San Francisco. Yeah, we helped. I helped with that. Yeah. Oh, you were involved and I with helped that? With Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and uh, hmm, it, it was like it seemed like uh, a, a sort of Summerhill type school. Uh, it is, and then then when we decided that we it, we just couldn't be involved in that anymore, we moved to Berkeley, and my children went to a Summerhill school out in Walnut Creek. Oh really, really? Yeah. I used to drive them out there to a summer hill school in Walnut Creek, yeah, called Pinnell. Ah. My 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 son still occasionally does a gets together with some of them, all the kids from Pinnell, yeah. Oh wow, wow! Now, one one thing that uh, hadn't been mentioned uh, about the the kids at Tassajara in the summer of seventy is the kids' ordination. Yeah. Yep, we um, we had Tomoe had already taught um, a number of us because I was ordained. Mm, I think probably the first group ordination group because Tomoe taught us how to sew our raxes. Tomoe Katagiri, Katagiri's wife. Yeah, Tomoe Katagiri's wife taught us how to sew our raxes. So I'm so pretty sure you, you were ordained in that uh, the lay nineteen seventy. Uh, well, whatever the first one was, yeah. The well, the first group. one was in 1962, but uh, yeah, uh, mm. the, the 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 second one was in 1970, and and well, I, I I was in that. Well, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been 1970, so I was because I wouldn't have been sewing. I was I wouldn't have been sewing my rocks with Tomoe Tum- Tum- in 1970. So my why not? I because I, I wasn't in San Francisco, and I didn't sew it in Minneapolis. I but had it before it, I left. It Tal Sahara. They were sewing in Tal Sahara. Maybe, maybe that's where I did it. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, when we taught and we and then we helped the children sew. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sew their rocks. Yeah. And there was a okay. visiting sewing teacher. Uh, who we a uh, woman uh, who had a nunnery in Japan called Yoshida, and we called her Yoshida Roshi. I don't remember her. Uh, she was mainly in yeah. the she 
might have been entirely in this city. Uh, yeah, I don't ever remember her. Yeah, I just remember Tamoli. Yeah, uh, teaching. Yeah. But she got she got the Dharma, the Soy Dharma from Yoshida, and mm, could very well be. Yeah. Um, and 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 Katagiri, see, they had been involved with this Hashimoto line that sewed their own robes, which was very unusual. Right. I mean, it was new to Suzuki Roshi. He didn't. Uh, it, it wasn't his strip at all. It was Katagiri's. But Suzuki yeah. thought, well, yeah, all right. Um, uh, but it was. Yeah, I, it, I would thought it was so interesting to do it. Yeah. Yeah, it became uh, just part of Zen Center. And I have heard people complain, so and so didn't sew their own. And I said, well, you know, in the Soto Zen world, very few people sew their own anymore. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, you do. You hardly ever see a hand-sewn Roxu, and you know you don't. You never see it in in New Mexico at the center there. They've all, you know, they they don't have hand-sewn Roxus there. <laughs> ah, really? You you were involved <laughs> no. in New Mexico? No, no. I mean, but when you if you do anything there, or you yeah see them, yeah, they don't. Yeah. Well, which one? Uh, you mean co- the one COVID Gino started in in no the no the um, um, Joan um, Halifax oh Joan in Santa Fe Santa uh, yeah well she's a totally different lineage she's out of Bernie Glassman uh, yeah uh, yeah and uh, she's very familiar with uh, you know she would take not on Bernie Glassman uh, yeah she, she had to like sort of leave the take not on thing when he became. Uh, when he went uh, hyper monastic and uh, dissolved the uh, community for mindful living and all that, uh, yeah. So it's she's like a different lineage, but wow, yeah. she, she's been yeah. going strong. Uh, yeah, yeah. With that, yeah. Um, well, yeah, I really haven't been involved in Zen for years, so yeah. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, uh, uh, you know, I've done Vipassana retreats here and I like them better than sessions. Uh, yes. Uh, well, and- it's a, it's a much better teaching tool. There's so many, uh, ways to teach people in the Vipassana tradition that makes sense. And it, uh, for me, as I became a psychotherapist, I went back to school and got my master's. And so uh- my work has really been in psychotherapy. Oh. And so the Vipassana method is really um, um, so useful because it's such a great teaching tool for people, just regular lay people trying to live their life. Uh, it, it just has so many um, uh, sort of down-to-earth ways to help people with their life. Yeah, yeah. Um in in my experience with Vipassana, I was just going to the retreats, and uh, there was very there. I really wasn't. Uh, I was just superficially, uh, uh, you know, uh, aware of Vipassana teaching. But the 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 type of Vipassana that is done here uh, out of Myanmar is the Mahasa method, which is just like Zazen. Mm-hmm. It's just following your yeah. breath in your hara. And, uh, right. and, uh, 
mainly I just liked it because it'd be an hour of, we'd start like really early, an hour of walking, then an hour of sitting and just do it all the time. And, you know, breakfast and lunch. And that was the end. Lunch at 11, that was the last uh, food you'd mm-hmm. get. And uh, right. I just found it so simple and straightforward. I really mm-hmm. liked it. But it's it hard. Is. Yeah. It's too hard for me now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's very interesting. So wait a minute. So you're at Zen Center uh, and you moved to Minneapolis, but you came back for the summers there in 70 mm-hmm. and 71. Right. And when did you go and to th- school and and uh, become a psychologist? I graduate I graduated in 76. So I started in um 74. I went back. I've actually I left um the kind of communal living and I actually left Minnesota Zen Center and I'll tell you the reason I left. We were it was um um feminism and women's rights and everything were starting. And um I'm I'm with a group of people at the beginning with Katakiri and a group of people and a, a newspaper reporter came and he asked us if we were Buddhist and nobody really said anything. After he left uh Katakiri Roshi got really angry. We were supposed to say we were Buddhist. And I thought to myself that's it. I am so tired of the male hierarchy and all of this crap. I'm that's it. I'm done. And I so I left. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yep. How does saying you're a Buddhist? I don't like to say I'm a Buddhist either. Uh, and Suzuki Roshi said, you know, even Buddhism is a, a dirty word. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, 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 the, but how does saying you're a Buddhist, uh, is it just because Katagiri said you should say it? That, that's what because you Because of his, his, his attitude at that point. Uh huh. It's, yeah. What, how, how, being angry and saying that to us in an angry way, I thought that's it. Mm. I, this is not, I'm not, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not. Suzuki Roshi never did anything like that toward me. Yeah. Yeah. Never. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that that's it. I can't do this. I have a life to lead. I'm on another path. And so I left. People were upset with me for leaving because I was really the leader of the group. They were, I, I did the chanting. I did the bells. I taught Oriyoki. I did all of that. And so people were upset that that was fine. They all were big people, and they could go on. And I really turned toward um, my my uh, education, my psychotherapy practice, all my studies, uh, which have been so useful, and um, and became a therapist in Minneapolis, and um, and then moved with my then husband, a psychologist. We moved back to the south, and then I worked. As a, um, I managed the behavioral health benefits for Blue Cross Blue Shield of Tennessee for 12 years. So, oh goodness, I got into got into business and um, made my retirement and started sitting with the Centering Prayer people. With, and that's who I go on retreat with now. I go the, on retreat with the Centering Prayer people. 
Uh, Centering prayer people in Tennessee? Yeah. So that's where I go. I go on retreats once or twice a year, and they're like Zen retreats, except in the middle there's a um, a, a homily, and it's the, there's usually an Episcopal priest who does a homily, and they always um, they love poetry and literature, so it's always interesting. And as as my mythology is Christian, mm-hmm. almost all of our mythology is Christian. It's not Japanese mythology. Our mythology is Christian mythology for most of us, or Jewish mythology for Jewish. Mm-hmm. It's not Buddhist mythology. I mean, there's the teachings, but so it's been so useful for me to do Centering Prayer with this group of people, because one thing I did find, which actually you find in Vipassana, the Brahma Viharas. Are you familiar with the Brahma Viharas? Uh, Those are vaguely. Metta, Go on. Metta, Karuna, uh, Mudita, and Apeka, the four um call them the beautiful factors. Um, and so this whole what are they? Goodwill, what are they? Goodwill. Metta is loving kindness or goodwill. Karuna is compassion. Mudita is joy. And Upeka is, is uh, equanimity. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've been so over that many times. Then didn't have a lot of emphasis on 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 those. Mm-hmm. And so um, Christianity, because of Jesus, does have this emphasis on uh, love and having a warm heart and uh, in, the, in their contemplative tradition. So um, I found that so useful and, um, and it fits so well with my interest in Vipassana. So I go on retreats with them because I've known these people since 1997 and um it's just this lovely nine hierarchical peaceful group of people who sits in the mountains of Tennessee it's you know they do an 8 or a 10 day it's totally silent walking silent sitting walking sitting sounds it's, good so sounds- yeah so i've kind of blended all of it together in a way that uh, works for me yeah and when I teach, I sort of teach that way. I, I teach, uh, yeah. Where did you go to school people. to become a psychotherapist? University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I studied at the Washington Institute. I studied um, sort of Winnicottian, if you know about psychotherapy, Winnicott and object relations. And so, yeah. So I had to study after my degree and I've kept kept studying and so you know like if what if you just sort of follow the trail you find what you need wow well your uh your spiritual path is uh, it seems to me is continued uh, unbroken yeah uh, yeah and i mean i and i um you know um i have i hold Roshi dear in my heart Mm. Um, and I always knew that he felt he was fond of me and that he respected me. And, um, I had never had a doubt. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Ah, well, that's a very impressive, very interesting. Uh, uh, and, um, uh, is there, uh, I sort of have a picture 
of the trajectory of your life now. It seems it's been sort of spiritual uh, from when you were in high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but is there anything uh, you'd like to add? Mm, just, um, it, I mean, um, I, I'm, I'm 84 now, so I'm really looking at the end of my life and um, I'm really enjoying it and being peaceful and um, um, feeling a lot of grief for the world. Yeah. You know, um, and sharing the feelings of grief for the world. Um, yeah. With, uh, yeah. That, with this, I, I have a small group of about 20 people that I meet with on Zoom who are studying with Stephen Batchelor, and I've gotten really close to them. I've got one who's in Tel Aviv right now. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and, and a lovely woman in Japanese. In Japan, who's been translating Suzuki Roshi's book into Japanese? Which book? <laughs> um, Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. Yeah. Well, there's about, you know, the uh, I I think the third translation of it just came out. Is she doing that? Yeah. Well, she's. I don't know. She's doing her own. I don't know what, but she has a group of, uh, I think, a lot of lay lay people in Japan who really like Suzuki. So she did an interview with me and I send her some of my teaching materials that I use the students. So. Mm, mm, that's yeah, very so interesting. It's a wonderful group of people. There, there are people who studied with Golinka. There are people who studied with, um, uh, of course, Bachelor and Peacock studied in the Tibetan tradition and then Bachelor studied in the uh, Korean Zen tradition. Ah. So there's a, yeah, so quite a number of the people in the group have studied in various traditions. Uh, so it's quite an interesting group. Mm. People from all over the world, really. Yeah. Mm. Well, so, and we, sh- we share our grief and we share what we're doing and, yeah. Uh, now, uh, uh, seems to me the biggest grief is, uh, is uh, climate change. Yes, yes, that's because that's sort of yeah. Yeah. That's the biggest. Yeah. Uh, that, that it, I mean what's happening with Israel and Hamas now is terrible. Yeah. But it's not going to destroy the biosphere. <laughs> right, but no it's climate change. Yeah. It, yeah. So what do you think about that? About climate change? Yeah. Well, you know, there's a whole group, uh, and you can look them up. They're called Post-Doom, No Gloom. And what they say is that it's inevitable, that it's, um, uh, there's no, you would, nobody can stop it now, um, the, the disintegration of the climate. And they say, then you need to um, take care of your friends and your family and live your life and try to be happy, like don't be gloomy. Um, I'm kind of with the uncertainty principle. I can't, I don't know that I'm on the hope side and I don't know that I'm on the gloom side. I'm more holding this principle of uncertainty, which is a Buddhist principle. Yeah, it's good. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I, I, I tend to be on the uh, post-doom, no gloom side, but we don't know what's going to happen. 
you know. We don't. Yeah, I've been over on that side, and I've come to just hold doing this, holding it like you would hold a bowl in your hand. You know, the uncertainty principle. I don't know. Yeah. And and then I do what I can. What's what what I'm called to do? Whether it's I plant for the bees, we compost, we do everything we can around here. We yeah. try to. We work work for the Democratic Party to try to get some people elected who'll do something. <laughs> so we do whatever we do what we can. Yeah, <laughs> Florida is just so amazing. So, uh, it's almost a lost cause down here, but whatever. <laughs> uh, it seems like the uh, you know the uh, a lot of the the conservative Hispanic uh, uh, vote is is. Um, makes it hard to change yeah. it. When well, the, the Cuban, the Cuban vote. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But we do what we can. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you in Bali? Uh, well, uh, I, it's I, I I like it. I, I I focus on my work and I I walk. You know I walked this morning uh, before I called you uh, and sat a while. Uh, and um, I'll walk more, <laughs> but uh, and uh, I, I I need to get to the beach a little more. You're just looking. I just think getting out and exercising, swimming, it's all real important. I work a lot and, and my wife and I have a very nice relationship, very low drama. We're really close. Um, and she's really involved. She was, um, she was, uh, working in a, the sort of, uh, sort of like a soup kitchen, but they weren't making soup. Uh, uh, she went with a group of people from, uh, and she probably arranged it because we know this Ragam Foundation. He makes he makes kitchens for disaster areas because he says mm-hmm. what happens? They send food, they send bags of rice, and they send too much. It starts rotting. They don't have any kitchens, you know. Yeah, we give. Yeah, we've been giving money to the the chef in uh, Ukraine who's cooking. Yeah, yeah. So they she yeah. was there helping prepare food. For the people who live around the landfill, uh, because mm. the landfill has caught fire, and it's, uh, mm. I, I, it's been on fire for a week, and there's no trash pickup, and there's this whole community that lives near there, uh, that lives off of it, uh, and uh, they've had to be evacuated. So, uh, mm. uh, so. Um, uh, the Ragam Foundation has set up a kitchen for them there and is bringing them food and that sort of thing. Uh, That's good. I, I, I don't know if they have a kitchen there yet because they not, might not have a place because she was, she, they were making the food in another area for them. But, um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's good. good. It's good. It's, yeah. it's, um, a small, very small world here. Uh, yeah. and, um, I don't really care to go very far. I haven't been back to America in 10 years. Um, both, yeah. both my sons have come here and she goes back, but it's too expensive there. And, um, uh, you know, we just don't, 
uh, it, it, she's, we can get by here. Uh, yeah. At actually a much higher standard of living than we could there. Much higher. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I love the people. So that's, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, um, I wanted to say something about, uh, your secular, uh, uh, Buddhism, uh, and, and you mentioned, uh, like, uh, like doesn't include, uh, believing in past lives. Uh, I remember <laughs> when, uh, Yastani, uh, was Tassar, he said, yeah, if if you're a Buddhist, you have to believe in reincarnation. And Suzuki, he would he would never. If people would try to pin him down, he wouldn't even say he believed in life after death. You know, right? Or he'd be right. all sort of. You can find things on both sides from it, but basically, I don't. It, it seemed like his teaching was that's not going to help you. You know, that's don't worry about if there is or if there isn't. Just, you know, wake up right now. Exactly. Uh, Which is what the Buddha said, essentially. And, you know, I'm not going to talk about I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'd say that's fundamentally. And uh, 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 there's so much mythology uh, and. uh, decoration on it, and I think um, most people need that. It's um, yeah, it's it's certainly fine for people who who want that. I, I'm not. I would never tell someone who uh, who wants that. Well, why are you doing it? It's just for me. That's not. That's not. You know, it's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah. No. Some people do. Some people like smells and bells. Uh, I I think that the the way that. I look at it, maybe what you're saying, way you look at it, but it might just seem too depressing to a lot of people. They, don't, they, they need more to hang on to. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, <laughs> interesting what you said about uh, uh, Dick Baker coming back. Uh, I, I did a podcast with a, a guy I knew in Japan who's lived many years in Japan and India and he was running a very well-known uh, bar in Japan, a restaurant in the mid '60s, and he, he when 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 Dick was there in Japan, uh, David Kubiak's the guy's name. David said he was the coolest guy. He was just the epitome of Zen for me. He was just, you know, he was so neat. And he said, then I visited him at Green Gulch, and I said, hey, when. What happened to you? You've become an Episcopalian. <laughs> uh, anyway. Well, I think somewhere's, um, somewhere um, Dick said, and I can't remember where I read it, when he found out about um, a Keating who started Centering Prayer Keating, and uh, Father Keating, he's dead now. Richard Rohr, who's a Franciscan out in New Mexico. Um, and there are several others. Maybe Joan Chittister, who's a Benedictine, who started um, the contemplative tradition. The Pope John called them to the called them to Rome and said, "We're losing all of our students to Eastern religions. We had a contemplative tradition. What happened to it? You have to reclaim it." So Keating started sitting with the 
Zen Buddhists in Massachusetts. Um, there's an abbey, there's a Catholic abbey there somewhere. I don't know which, what group it was. So he kind of melded that in and then they uh, took the, uh, there's a, a sort of a mystical writing, the cloud of unknowing. There's John Cassian back in the Desert Fathers talking about contemplative tradition. So they kind of formed this centering prayer. And there's also a Christian meditation one that comes from the English, the Anglicans, I think, are English Catholics who spent a lot of time in Burma or, you know, because it was an English colony, obviously. Um, so there were those two forms. And uh, Dick said, uh, I can't remember in what context, if he'd known about it, he might not have studied Buddhism. He might have studied this. Christian form, uh-huh. whatever. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, anyway, so it, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. Mm. The uh, and uh, Meister Eckhart is. Uh, yeah, uh, exactly. I've always loved Meister Eckhart. Yeah. yeah. Are you familiar with yeah. Pseudo Dionysus? No. Oh, uh, he's the he's the. Pseudo-Dionysus is the source of a lot of that. It was like a 4th century Syrian monk who, who he was an anonymous monk. That's the, the pseudo-tradition. They signed mm-hmm. some other name. I'll have to look at that. I used to read a lot of the Greek, uh, the um, Greek Orthodox, yeah. The Oh, the Greek, oh, they're totally... I, I, w- I went up to a couple of Greek Orthodox monks uh, at Niagara Falls about <laughs> 25 years ago. And uh, uh, we were talking, and I said, uh, I, I assume you're familiar with Pseudo-Dionysus. Wow, they went, oh, how do you know about him? Well, it was actually through a spiritual bookstore in Sebastopol, uh, many rivers, <laughs> books and tea. The guy said, "You got, you got to read Pseudodionysus. Get this book." He said, uh, he, "And read the mystical theology in it." He said, "It's the Heart Sutra of Christianity." Uh, yeah, and I have it on Q. Yeah, I, I actually now that I yeah, I I actually yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you got a lot of energy. Uh, I appreciate it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm very happy to hear you're in touch with Tony. Oh, I've got a ton from her Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, already. I mean, she could tell me more, but I just wanted to say hi to her. Her her, uh, uh, contribution to uh, Crooked Cucumber was significant. And um, Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, she saved Marion Derby's original uh, uh, manuscript for, uh, what, what Marion called beginner's mind. I got that from Tony. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. We have, we have various versions of beginner's mind. And, you know, we have, uh, we have all but two of the lectures, uh, in, in, uh, you know, unedited ver, or lightly edited versions, you know, as they were transcribed. Uh, but, um, 
Anyway. Yeah, she was sec- secretary, I think, for a while. Actually, that was one of the difficult times when uh, Dick said that Tony shouldn't be secretary anymore and they should hire someone, and he hired, what's her name? Kathy Cook. And I, no, not Kathy Cook. Well, then after the Kathy Cook was the first paid employee of Zen Center being a secretary, and after that, Yvonne Rand. It was Yvonne Rand who Dick said that she had to uh, that Tony because at a meeting I I said I disagree mm. with that because for me at that time I could see what was happening and I thought we're going we're going down this road and it's going to be this big thing and um, and I there was something about bringing Yvonne Rand on to be the secretary that I thought was really right. Kathy Cook may have, but Kathy Cook wasn't in very good. Um, she had a lot of psychological issues. Going oh, on. yeah. Oh, yeah. And but yeah. she she went down to Tau Sahara. Uh, you know, maybe Tony was working with her. And then Kathy went to Tau Sahara and, and Tony yeah, took over. Kathy was sick in Tau Sahara. Kathy, Kathy could hardly function at Tata. Well, uh, not at first. It that happened. Yeah. That happened later when she had Amber. Uh, at first, yeah, she, she had was, postpartum depression. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. was. She was doing great at first, and uh, it. It. Uh, yeah, she ended up having to go into a uh, some sort of institution and having. You know, when Amber was a very, very young baby. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, she, she came, if, if, if she came out of it and got stronger and, um, Good. uh, she, she died not long ago. Uh, her, her, maybe the last five years, uh, she wasn't doing much, but, um, our, uh, you know, there were, uh, she was sort of somewhat gone in terms of, uh, normal social life, but she, she had a, a very active life in, uh, gardening and, uh, environmentalism oh, and all sorts of stuff. She, she got out of it eventually. And, and mm-hmm. she and Amber were, were very, very close. Uh, oh, good. And and living near each other, uh, but it was, you know, some women won't talk about their difficult times at Zen Center, which I think is a shame. Uh, but uh, Kathy did, and her difficult times with uh, you know, Suzuki Roshi, uh, really not, uh, you know. Uh, understanding what her needs were and anything, but, and he knew it. He said that he had no experience with women in a monastery or pregnant women. Well, and, and yeah, I think some women had more needs. You know, I was kind of a woman who didn't really have needs from him. That's true. That's true. I I never even, I, I, I may be peculiar, but you know, I would occasionally go and I would say, well, this is what's going on with my children and whatever. And he would give me and we would have a talk. But I really always felt that I wasn't there for him to 
take care of me. I was there to learn about my body and my own mind. Yeah. Well, that protected and, you. And, and some women, I think, in those situations, um, it becomes like a, uh, they need a father or they need someone to care about them. And, yeah. uh, and whatever trouble, whatever trouble I was having, he wouldn't have been able to help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I had to figure it out for myself, which I did. I went back to school. I got a job and I got a friggin' divorce. <laughs> and from then on, my life has been fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, you know, Saul just couldn't, he just, yeah, he had to live by himself wherever. That's how he ended up. Hmm. But you were with yeah. him how long? We were together about 16 years when I finally got my degree. I, I, I was the one who took care of the children. I was the parent. He was kind of like another child. And then I had to get my degree and I had to get my job and I had to get my money together so I could get a divorce so I could take care of the children financially and all, all by myself. So. Mm. Mm. Well, so you're, strong. Yeah. you're strong. You're strong. Yeah. You're, you're not a victim. Uh, no. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I think it's unfortunate because I, I've seen so many women in, uh, so many of these religious groups throughout the country who, uh, went into them and were, and needed things. And it's not a good place to need things with a spiritual teacher. It doesn't work out really well. Uh, that's, that's well said. You know who did really yeah, well just, at at Tassar was Ruthie Disco. I mean, she had a baby. I didn't. I didn't know her. Yeah. Well, the the the, the first women that had well, babies. Uh uh-huh. Ruthie. Ruthie just said, "I'm not a Zen student," you know. But she sat right. when she wanted. Mm-hmm. She did garden work. Uh, she and Suzuki Roshi were very close, uh, and mm-hmm. she had no trouble with the baby. And her husband was working all the time, but uh, Ruthie was a dynamo. Uh, Kathy uh, had see she not only she had the problem of of having a husband Silas, who who felt a tremendous amount of pressure uh, to focus on practice and uh, especially mm-hmm. with Shuso and that she, she had to take care of the baby and herself and everything. She couldn't do it. Uh, and there was a, uh, another case uh, of a woman who doesn't want to talk about it, who had a baby there who had a similar problem with uh, uh, a husband of a similar rank. Uh, and it was just, you know, that sort of problem didn't continue so much. Uh, I mean, I, I was there with the baby and I was Shuso and I was director and my wife, she wouldn't have put up with, uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh too much, you know, and, and we, but we had a lot of help, uh, and, um, uh, we had a great time there, uh, and uh, two years, you know, uh, mm-hmm. with the baby. But yeah, uh, there there are there were women in the early days 
who really resented uh, Zen Center, uh, the role of women uh, in Zen Center, and how do- male-dominated it was. And, and, well, it was, and it was, yeah. Yeah, uh, and you can see it in... It, it, in the very early days, it was it was assumed, you know, men would do this type of work and women would do that. But it's, you know, actually, it evolved pretty quickly. It, it was part of our culture. It was yeah. the United States when, when I'll tell you, when Karen Thorkelson and I uh, traveled from Minnesota back to, um, to go to Sashin in 1970, I guess it was, or whatever, or whatever, 71, what I can't remember exactly, but as we're getting our tickets, the um, the guy at the ticket counter says to us, oh, "Do your husbands know you're traveling?" Whoa! Oh, <laughs> so wow. that's the way. That's that was the culture. People forget. Young women don't understand what it was like. That was the culture. Yeah. Uh, so Zen Center was just part, it was just part of the culture. It was the culture in Japan. It right. Was, to some extent, the culture here. And, uh, so that's why, uh, that's part of the reason why I think when I really got involved in feminist thought, another reason why I needed to dissolve from the Minneapolis Zen Center and go on my own way. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, I've circled back and I've come to where, and everything that I've done has been so useful to me in my journey. Mm. So, yeah, it's just mm. um, I sort of had to find my way. But our our culture was so, uh, yeah, we, we think because we're Americans, we were different, but we were still very sexist during those times and still are. I mean, look at what's happened with the Roe versus Wade. It's yeah. still a big part of our country that wants women to be barefoot and pregnant. Yeah, yeah. Uh... See, hey, see shiny, beautiful people. Four part series yeah. on Netflix. Have you seen that? No. Oh. Shiny, beautiful people. Okay. Oh, it's <laughs> about, you know, there, there have been some documentaries in some of these very big, very, uh, uh, successful, uh, fundamentalist Christian, uh, oh, groups yeah. with enormous influence. Uh, oh, huge amount. Uh, and, yep. uh, it was really sick, you know. Yeah. It was. Yeah. And, and it, it ran into, I mean, there, there's this whole group of survivors, kids now that are on TikTok yeah. and Instagram and everything. The, uh. Oh, yeah. The, the morning, uh, the, the prayer breakfast thing they have once a year in Washington. It's run by a group like that always has been. And the, yeah. and and uh, oh, yeah. world domination is their goal. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. Christian. And they have a whole Christian. Everybody's got to be a Christian. Yeah, <laughs> and Trump tapped into it. He doesn't care at all about it. Oh yeah, you know, they're oh, nothing no. to him. But he tapped into no, he, it, so he's their god. Uh, so he just yeah. gives them whatever they want. Uh, yeah, and um, uh, <laughs> uh, and they're much better organized. And they're focused. Oh, very organized. The right yeah. wing in America is focused. The the, oh. uh, the the Democrats represent all sorts of different points of view. Uh, right. So, you know. Yeah, the right wing is totally focused. They've been very, very focused and very 
thoughtful about how they've worked, done this, done everything, and they've succeeded so far. So we'll yeah. just see now. Yeah, 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 indeed, indeed. Well, um, uh, the Zen Center has uh, uh, evolved quite a bit from those early days. I'm sure. And, yeah. You know, the students uh, put a certain amount of pressure on Kathy. Uh, too. You should be practicing sort of, you know, it's just a naive, uh, you know, early days uh, understanding. Not everybody, but some people. And, and yeah. of course, uh, allowing oneself to feel pressured by other people, her allowing it is, uh, is too bad because yeah. there were there were some people who just didn't buy into that, that way of looking. No. Uh, and it's it's evolved. Uh, it's always changed. Um, now it's gotten uh, well. It's hard to say. Uh, it's 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 gotten pretty extreme. Uh, 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 and uh, you know, in what it, way? Well, Ed Brown, uh, we give lectures, uh, and and he uh, he's unedited. And uh, he, yeah, you know, he's he been very yeah, disturbed yeah. in his life, and he'd talk about. Sometimes he'd say things that would offend people, but there was one lecture he gave during one of his one-day sittings, and there was a woman who wrote a letter said she was really offended, and it was about the most innocent stuff he'd said. And Zen Center talked to him about it, and he got really angry. So they told him they banned him from from teaching at Zen Center. And yeah. uh, there's a whole thing on Cute.com about that. Uh, but you know, yeah, Ed was always kind. Of, Ed was always kind of loose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And thing, and thing, and things are um, things have come to a pass, at least in the United States, where people are hypersensitive. Uh, you know, where maybe in the past we would have kind, of, yeah, that he's, you know, we can like kind of let that pass. He's not really, you know, whatever. But now people are very hypersensitive, and I'm not one to say that they shouldn't be, but I know that they are. And so uh, people take offense at all kinds of things now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, it's really hard. When I was teaching, all of my students had their pronouns. So uh, so I would have 20 students, and I would have them make little stand-up cards by them. So when I addressed them, I could use their name, and they would have their pronouns on them. And I, as a teacher, had to be very careful just to use their name and to not get into the pronoun thing. Because the pronouns were a minefield. You couldn't remember. You know, it was really hard. So you always used their name, whatever it was, because right. uh, people would take offense. Yeah. You called me a she, and I look like a she, but I'm a he. Oh, that's fine. That's okay. I don't care. Uh, so you better just use people's names. That's, so, yeah, people take offense. Yeah. Everyone's very hypersensitive about everything. Yeah. Right. You can know I get emails yeah. from people at the bottom of their name. It goes pronouns colon, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know. People have that. Uh, you know, in writing for 
30 years, I have used they uh, for the, the, I stopped using he for the, uh, if you didn't know what gender it was when you're writing, I started using they long ago. Right. Uh, and Yeah, which is good. But people, some people use zir, zir, zi something. I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I should let you go. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, we've well, covered a lot of ground here. Uh, you're really fun to talk with. Uh, have a, have and you. yeah, good. I will. I will. Um, I'll mention to Tony. Oh, tell Tony. Yeah. I would love to be in touch with her. I'd love to hear how she's doing. Yeah, yeah. She's. I think uh, she's. Um, Health-wise, I think she and her husband are, you know, maybe not so great, but she's, you know, she's, her her brain's just fine, and she thinks a lot about Roshi. She's listening to a lot of his talks lately, mm. so she really, she's very, um, very attached to him and to his memory, and yeah, it's really important to her, mm. yeah. Mm. You know, we've got we've got all of them on Shunyuzuzuki dot com, and we've got. I think that may be where she's where she's listening to them. Yeah, uh, go to the San Francisco Zen Center and, and get them. But what we do is is um, uh, we have all the ones that San Francisco Zen Center uses and other editions. Okay, great. Well. Okay. This is so good. Well, be I've well. Really enjoyed talking with you. Yeah, uh, I did too, David. Okay. Take be care. Well. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye. So thanks a lot, Lynn. Lynn Lucky. Formerly Lynn Warkoff in her early Zen days. Uh, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. This has been a cute. Audio podcast. I'm DC Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Doggett Bandita, guest Doggett Boombita, new feline Manis, and dear lovely Kudrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand. Awakening.